welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the No Filter Podcast. I'm your host, Phil Belitsky. Pleasure to be back with you all here today after a little bit of a break. Kind of got in the thick of things with school, with writing, with doing some some projects. But now we are back, and now we are back right before what is arguably one of the most, if not the most important day in the history of the United States Supreme Court. Tomorrow, please God, the Supreme Court of the United States will hear a case. That case is Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization. And it is a case about abortion, and it has all the workings to do what is right legally and morally, which is to explicitly and reverse in full the cases of Roe versus Wade and the case that upheld Roe versus Wade, Planned Parenthood v. Casey. And that's what I think will happen, and that's what should happen. But I just want to get into a little bit of why, what's the deal with Roe versus Wade and the like. So Roe versus Wade was a case that was that was ruled on in 1973, and um, Roe essentially, not not even essentially, Roe did something radical. Roe fashioned a constitutional right to abortion in 1973, which has amounted to about 62 million abortions in the United States which is a death toll that dwarfs the Nazi Holocaust and exceeds the total loss of American lives and all of our wars combined by a factor of about 40. And it's important to recognize that Roe is, and I'm borrowing some words from an article written in First Things in the October edition, which is all about Roe versus Wade, borrowing from an article by Michael Paulson, Roe is the most extreme and outrageous decision in the Supreme Court's history. Here I am reading from his article. Quote, Chief Justice Roger Taney's majority opinion in Dred Scott went out of its way to make as many pro-slavery rulings as possible. It purported to deny African Americans any legal rights or human moral worth. It created a substantive due process constitutional right to race, slavery, and it ramped its holding in the most racist rhetoric imaginable. But Roe is fully as bad as Dred Scott in its legal reasoning— for which Dred Scott's substantive due process gibberish was the leading precedent. By the way, that's an important point. And Roe is worse in its consequences. A right to kill is even worse than a right to enslave. End quote. And I think it's important to remember that there is no doubt about the fact that abortion kills a living human being. Abortion kills a living being, and that living being is a human living being, an organism with a biological identity and life separate from that of his or her mother. The act of abortion ends a distinct, unique human life. And all of these claims made by people that they're just a clump of cells, this, that, and the other, it's wrong and it's always been wrong. And it's, it's, it's been wrong biologically so. You know, there, there, there aren't textbooks, there aren't medical textbooks that make that claim. There, there aren't medical textbooks that make the claim that abortion doesn't end a human life. Because we know that you are that same person that was a cell, you know, when sperm met egg, however many years ago, you, you are that same person. 
And without getting too much into the history of the terrible decision of Roe versus Wade, and by the way, on that, I would normally recommend a book, but because people don't read anymore, um, and people like YouTube, so if you go to, the, to YouTube and check out the uh, Federalist Society, it actually put out a four-part series on Roe versus Wade, which is amazing. It's really a must-watch, and it goes through the history of Roe versus Wade and how I mean, if you knew the, the 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 history behind the scenes at Roe versus Wade, you would be sick. Um, the case wasn't about abortion originally. Um, when it made its way to the Supreme Court, it was a technical, like a real technical jurisprudence question. It actually didn't touch abortion whatsoever um, until it came to the Supreme Court. Okay, right? And in other words, at, at no point during the during the cases that led all the way up to the High Court was the subject matter about abortion. It wasn't. That wasn't. What was the case, the case was about, um, and you'll see that if you watch that documentary uh, again from the Federalist Society. And so, not only that, but during the if you now that we have the um, the notes and the memoirs are opened from the Supreme Court archives from the members of the bench. I mean, and you read behind the scenes, you can clearly see, you know, that the justices wanted to create as broad a right to abortion as possible and they weren't going to let the law and and what the 14th amendment actually means get in their way um and i mean it's appalling it's truly appalling and these are not conspiracy theories you know just read read what they wrote um the book to go about to go to go on this is uh abuse of discretion um phenomenal book which i read a couple months ago i mean it really is, it really is um, insane, uh, the history. And, you know, it is obvious to me and you that if you read the 14th Amendment, which I have done once or twice, nowhere in there is there a right to an abortion, nor could there have been whatsoever. And the Supreme Court plucked it out of its ass and... Um, we've been living with the blood of 62 million babies on our hands as a result. And again, people don't like to, to hear this, but, you know, racial segregation, Japanese internment, sterilization of the disabled, they're all bad things that the Supreme Court had to deal with in the past. Uh, and I'm not denying how outrageous and how wrong those decisions were, but Rose worse. Just hands down, Roe was worse. Roe was the worst decision to happen to this to this country, and I would argue it is perhaps the greatest stain on this country is Roe versus Wade. And it's it's just sickening. It's sickening to see. It's it's what 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 is a society that has no respect for human life, that has a regime that is so committed to allowing someone to end the life of another person. Um, that's, that's what Roe was about. Roe was not about women's rights. It has never been about women's rights. The central question in abortion is whether or not it ends another person and the answer to that is unquestionably yes. And I mean, even even like right there, we should just stop, right? I mean, 
There's a Supreme Court decision that allows you to kill someone else. Like, what? But that's what Roe is. Now, people claim uh, that to overturn Roe versus Wade, and you'll forgive the legal jargon we're going to discuss here, but people argue that to overrule Roe versus Wade is a problem because it presents an issue to what's referred to as stare decisis. Stare decisis is the principle in, in the in Supreme Court law, essentially. It's not law, but it's uh, in, in, in Supreme Court jurisprudence that past decisions are upheld by the court, even if the court thinks that they're, that they're wrong. And the reason why you would have such a principle is because it provides what they say is stability to the law. In other words, if if we just came went around changing laws left and right, so that would be that would be the basis for an unstable uh, sense of government. So this is wrong for two reasons. Number one, it's fascinating that proponents of this level of stare decisis think that the only case that you have to really adhere to hard stare decisis is in Roe versus Wade, right? Because if you ask them, well, what about Plessy v. Ferguson, you know, the one that the Supreme Court case that that made segregation legal in the United States, that was overturned by Brown. So what, should that not have done that? Should that have been a case of stare decisis? What about Korematsu, the Japanese internment? Why should we have gotten rid of that? In other words, people only point out that it's Roe, that's the problem. Or as Diane Feinstein likes to say, Roe has super precedent. Well, what distinguishes Roe from other Supreme Court cases that were terrible that makes this one have super precedent? In fact, as Amy Barrett argued in a paper, I think for Notre Dame Law Review, the very fact that Roe versus Wade has continually been debated by legal scholars and the populace since it was handed down in 1973 shows that it specifically doesn't have um, uh, super precedent. So that's the first issue with the stare decisis argument. The second issue, this is a larger issue. You can you can uh, check out Josh Hammer's article about stare decisis about this. Is that the whole notion that, you know, oh, the stability of laws threatened and overturning decisions is nonsense for a very simple reason. You know, Supreme Court decisions, for a Supreme Court decision to be overruled, another case challenging that ruling needs to reach the high court. And that doesn't happen very often. Um, you know, this is this is the first case that the high court is dealing with since 1990, what was it, two? When, yeah, 1992 was, was Casey. So that's quite a bit of time. And every four years, we could have a new president who comes in and changes the laws completely. Well, you know, let's say, for instance, that Donald Trump loses the election and Joe Biden becomes president. We have different laws that were made at the swipe of a pen. So what, does that not, does that not harm the stability of law? It's only when the Supreme Court does it. So it's a real nonsense argument. And people know it's a nonsense argument, but they hide behind it. Um, and it's, it's just so imperative that we all recognize how wrong the decision was, how legal, legal scholars on the right and left have noted that, it's a, that the decision is wrong on legal grounds. But it is, of course, wrong on moral grounds. It is a license to kill. One more time. It is a license to kill. And a license to kill is fundamentally more abhorrent than a license to enslave, than a license to segregate. A license to kill is worse.
And so I hope, this really isn't a long podcast, because uh, I just wanted to bring this to our attention, and we'll maybe get into analysis when the decision is handed down, but please God, I hope that decision will be handed down that will overrule Roe versus Wade. He will finally put the decision back to the states, which is where it was right up until 1973, and we can finally remove the stain on our national identity, really, of a sweeping right and access to abortion. So please, God, tomorrow will be the start of what will hopefully be a good series of days leading to the ultimate overruling of Roe versus Wade and Planned Parenthood v. Casey. Well, thank you all for listening. This has been another episode of the No Filter Podcast, and until next time, have a great day.